0: I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank & Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal, And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next.
1: Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four.
0: Squad. Welcome, Vicki. What do you have for us today? I think you've brought a special guest. I have. I've brought Dayton Aldrich, who has actually
2: been on the show before. So Dayton works with me in the district attorney's office. He is one of our victim witness advocates and his job which is a very important job is to help the people who come into our office either as victims of a crime or as witnesses that need to testify at trial and his job is to explain the system to them to offer services to our victims, to be their advocate as they go through the court process. He will often go to court with our victims, sit with them while they testify, and also with some of our witnesses. So he is here to make the process easier for those people who are unfortunate enough to get caught up in this system, and also to offer services to help our victims. Today, though, he is going to talk about something that he learned in a class that he took, which is kind of, uh, can be good news or bad news, depending on how you look at it, and it is something called voice cloning. So welcome, Dayton. So good to have you with us. Why don't you tell us about voice cloning?
1: Okay, yes, I will. I think it's important that everyone has a real basic understanding of what artificial intelligence is before I jump into voice cloning. So let me just explain that real quick. What artificial intelligence is, is it's when computers can learn from each other and computers can adapt. So if you put in a search result, say in Google 10 years ago, you would just get an automatic response to whatever you're putting into Google, you put an input in, and the computer and the search engine is gonna return a result. That is not artificial intelligence. But artificial intelligence is what it looks like today when you put in a result in Google. And before you're even done typing the first couple letters of the word, Google already knows what you're about to say and what you're trying to ask, and it puts it in for you. That's artificial intelligence. It's computers learning from one another. So if you can imagine it, there is computer A, and that's doing whatever it needs to do to execute its program. So maybe that's, in our instance, making a voice that sounds just like a real human voice. And that computer's job and that software's job is to create that human-sounding voice. But now there's this new stuff. And it's artificial intelligence. That means there's now a computer B. Computer B's job, its job, it's what it's executing, is it knows what a human can detect, detect in a fake voice and what, after lots of testing and research, humans are able to detect things like pauses or stutters and a human can say, that doesn't sound like a real person, that sounds like a robot. So now that B computer is feeding that input over to the A computer. So the A computer is learning what humans actually understand and can pick apart as knowing what a real voice is or a fake voice. And every day and every minute, those artificial intelligence systems are getting better and they're improving. And it's exponential how fast they're improving and how much faster and better they're getting. Sounds a little bit
2: alarming.
0: (laughs) It is alarming, (laughs) but I have noticed that you get robocalls and they kind of pause or stutter. They're not so perfect, so I've noticed.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. They're not, but that's going to quickly change, unfortunately, because what's happening now is that the crooks and the fraudsters and the criminals are figuring out how to use this artificial technology to try to take advantage of us. And one of the newest iterations of that, are called deepfakes and a deepfake is a media uh, or a person using the media um, or a media file to manipulate that and to fake other people into believing what they're trying to put out there is true so for instance we've all seen or heard of the stories of videos of like a political leader giving a speech and then a day or two later we'll hear on the news that wasn't real that was actually a hacker or a foster created that and made that political figure say words actually coming out of that person's mouth. That never happened in reality. It was manipulated, it was fake, okay? And that's the visual version of it. But the audio version of it is, is even easier And in recognition of this, that this audio thing is is so much easier to do than the video component of it, uh, the FTC actually had a workshop at the end of January of this year, January 28th. And they were examining this subcategory of deepfakes known as voice cloning. And these voice cloning techniques, they generate near-perfect reproductions of a person's voice. So the type of people that the FTC had on this panel was the FTC commissioner themselves, attorneys from the U.S. Department of Justice, Microsoft Defending Democracy uh, Tech and Operations Director, and representatives of DARPA. DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. They work out of the Pentagon. DARPA is the same agency that works on things like when the aliens invade, what are we gonna do? Or if the volcano goes off in Wyoming, what are we gonna do? That's what DARPA does. So the fact that DARPA is, is involved with this makes uh, me think that it's very serious. There's the clear, you know, fraudulent harassment uses that crooks can perpetrate against us as consumers and us as individuals. But also I think the reason that DARPA is interested in it is because you can imagine a fake, deep fake Always cloning phone call from political leader A to political leader B, threatening some sort of action or doing, you know, or or, or making a deal with a non-government actor. That's really just a hacker in in their mom's basement. And then the damage that that could cause on a global and international scale. uh, That's why it's getting the attention from the FTC and from DARPA that it is. But for us as consumers, it's going to be much smaller scale than that. And exactly what you mentioned, Patty, is when we get these calls now from the crooks, that you can tell that it's a fake voice or that they're pausing and you can tell that it's not a human or something's just not right. Unfortunately, in the near future, that's going to change. And they will be able to create voices that sound just like a real human. So, so, some of these scenarios that came out of this FTC conference at the end of uh, January were these fraud based harassment focused criminals could take advantage of this technology, and that deep fake audio could be used in tandem with deep fake video to create a very realistic uh, sexually explicit video that could be used for extortion or blackmail purposes. That could be on a, you know, small scale for us for just average people, consumers. I mentioned it could be used for people in, you know, positions of power. And a criminal could follow up and create a fake phishing email. Phishing emails we've talked about before with a voice phone call from somebody who sounds like maybe a trusted contact. Or imagine this a CEO of a company, and then somebody has cloned the CEO's voice and gotten a hold of the contact with the company and is now calling brokers and ordering transactions to be done, all with the voice of the CEO, the voice that everyone knows and recognizes. That voice yeah. could be manipulated by a fraudster. We can imagine the damage that could be done.
0: Vicky was right. It is scary. It's kind of like a science fiction movie. I don't know. It, is. it, it is. is, yeah. Yes, I don't know how hard it is to do, but when you talk about the grandparent scam, you could get the real grandchild's voice. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So one last kind of scenario that came out of this conference was the reality of a, a reporter about to break beyond the eve of breaking a huge, groundbreaking news story, whatever it might be. And then before they break that story, they're the video or an audio recording of their voice saying something that would shatter their credibility that they never actually said right before the story was broken. Yes. Yeah. It is right. I'll let Nikki talk about all the positive aspects of it.
2: First of all let me ask this. So what are the remedies for this? What so, protections can be put so in what, place? Yeah.
1: Okay, so two things. Number one, there is a professor Professor Sui Liu, a professor of computer sciences at the University of Albany. She believes that in five years from now, consumers will learn this and be sophisticated enough to understand the deepfake audio from a real person's voice. But she estimates it's going to take about five years of us living with this technology before the average Joe or average Jane is going to be able to pick up the phone and really know that they're talking to a robot. So China has implemented very stringent deepfake rules. Unfortunately, we don't have laws that allow us to take as quick and as sudden and severe action as China does. China's regulations uh, basically make it ext- illegal and punishable by you know the type of things they punish people with to distribute any sort of, quote, fake news that has been created with artificial intelligence that will get you sent to a Chinese gulag. But we don't have that regulation here and there's not necessarily anything on the docket to, to make me think that we're gonna have it soon.
2: Okay then. We're starting here educating people, making people aware of the fact that this can happen, that this is coming, that you can't always trust your eyes or your ears in terms of what somebody is saying to you on the telephone. It's not really your grandson. It's not really the CEO of the company telling you to transfer millions of dollars to another entity. I'm sure that businesses will start putting protections in place so that doesn't happen just like they've done with the e-compromise scams. But for us uh, lowly consumers, we're just going to have to understand that it's out there and be vigilant and be on guard. So I can tell you some good uses that voice cloning can be put to. I was reading an article that came to me that talked about a radio reporter who lost his voice in some kind of very rare neurological disorder. And he was able to continue working because of voice cloning. He could just type stuff into a text editor, push play, and it would say what he typed with his own voice. So he could actually continue doing his reporting. Also, the film critic who we've all heard about, Roger Ebert. He lost his ability to communicate for a while following jaw surgery, and they were able to use the text-to-speech software to help him continue to communicate following his surgery. So these are some very positive results that have come out. And the last one, the last example they gave, and I kind of like this one the best, they helped a 12-year-old quadriplegic boy who had cerebral palsy sound his own age. So they gave him a regular 12-year-old boy's voice. And of course, that was so important to all of these folks because being able to speak is such an important part of who we are and having it be in your own voice is also an important part of your communication with other people. So there's positive things coming out of this as well
0: as dangerous things. Yeah, that's good positive things that you mentioned, Vicki. I was curious, Dayton, when you're yeah. cloning somebody's voice, are people who are famous that are on the radio or who are on television a lot and you hear their voice a lot, are they at particular risk? Do you need a large sampling of their speaking voice to be able to clone it?
1: That's an amazing question, and years ago that would be the case. Only people that were relatively famous and there was large quantities of their, of their voice out there publicly would be vulnerable. Now, however, these deep, these deep fake audio softwares, they only need 30 seconds of someone's voice to yeah. be able to clone it. You know, for a lot of our young people, there's more than 30 seconds of their voice talking um, on all of their social media accounts which is the type of thing that the fraudsters would use to do a grandparent scam. They'd get right. the voice from the teenagers, you know, Instagram account and clone that voice. Use that to make the grandparent call.
2: So here's something interesting that came out of this article. The scientist that is working on this said that if you're interested in voice cloning, he recommended that you take a few hours. It sounds like you only need a few minutes to record yourself speaking in a quiet place. Because it's important to bank your voice so that you have it in case you ever need it. I thought that was
0: very interesting. Patty, do you have any more questions for Dayton? No, thank you, Dayton, for keeping us up on the latest and greatest. Uh, Whether for good or bad, it's good to know.
1: Yes, I'm sorry for always being a human person.
0: <laughs> it's okay, we're used to it. <laughs> this is what we call late breaking news,
2: right on your show, Patty. Absolutely, thank you yeah. so much. So, are you ready for some good news?
0: More good news, yes.
2: Okay, so this is from the Department of Justice we know that small business administration is making loans available to businesses that have been adversely affected by the pandemic. And of course, this is to help keep those businesses afloat during the economic shutdown. And you can use these loans to pay employees during the time they can't work. And they're forgivable loans, depending on how the business owner chooses to use them. So of course, we can count on the scammers to try and take advantage of this program. Remember, scammers follow the headline. These are crimes of opportunity. So, here was the headline from the article from the DOJ. Software engineer fraudulently sought more than $1.5 million paycheck protection loan. What did he do? He created a fake company. Now remember, he's a software engineer, so he probably used his skills. What did he do? He created a fake company with 25 fake employees with fake IRS documentation showing federal tax withholdings for these supposed employees. Now here's the good news. The IRS had protections in place which caught this scam, and this fraudster is being prosecuted. He got caught, he got charged, and hopefully he'll be convicted and spend some time in custody. So our IRS, our um, Department of Justice is working very, very hard to stop these COVID-19 related scams.
0: All right. Well, thank you both. Dayton, thanks for being here. And Vicki, another great show. We look forward to talking to you next week. Patty, until next week. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.